When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, fucking hell. I'm gone. I'm finished. No! 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 Oh, for God's sake! No! 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 Seven fucking nil! What the fuck, man? What the fucking hell's going on? Seven nil! Seven bloody nil! I can't believe... I can't believe it! Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove Sunday. Biggest game, biggest game in England still. Don't care what anyone says. No matter how good or bad we are, no matter how good or bad they are, it's still the biggest game in the country. It's one of the biggest games in the world. And it, I'm looking forward to it. Before I get into it, I just want to touch on um, the USG game last night. Jay didn't see it. Um, there's not really much to... To talk about, it was the kids playing, it was a dead rubber. USG had to win, he made it a tough game for them. Um, I said on Twitter, Kelleher should have done a little bit better for the second one, and they had one disallowed, which I think he should have done better on as well. Um, and I said, if we can, maybe look at replacing them in the summer, but it's a big if. Um, <laughs> before anyone has a meltdown. Um, now, it, it's a big if because as it's been pointed out by many people, and we've just been talking about it before we started recording, you know, finding a good a fucking top-class number two to sit on the bench for the majority of the season is next to impossible. So, um, yeah, look, it was just an observation from a, a game that, look, we're in that, we're in that stage now where we're doing well, so people don't want to wear anything negative or anything slightly, even if it's constructive criticism, people lose their heads over it and think you're slating the team and stuff like that. It's like, I, I couldn't have been nicer about what I said. If I'm saying it to his face, he wouldn't have took any offence at all. Um, it's just that weird stage now. But um, yeah, look, happy for Quanta. Got his goal. Um, scored a professional goal before Joe Gomez, which is just fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, look, it meant nothing. So that's all there is to it, really. Um but yeah, Man United. Um, a lot of people confident going into the game. I, I am not one of those people just because it's United. Yeah, um, I've because they've been shit. I haven't really had that buzz for the United fixture for like for a while. But I've got it this time round. Looking forward to it. I think it is because we're doing well and we're sort of favourites. Um, based on like last season, we were shite and we beat them seven 0 So I think we can. We can top that hopefully <laughs> in a dream world. Nah, so you, you don't want to make any predictions, you don't want to go in too cocky. But realistically, like we, we should be pushing them aside and just and steamrolling them. But as you say, it's Manchester United, you never know what, what Man United's going to turn up. Do you don't want Liverpool's going to turn up? I've said before with our high line and that you like your Martials and your Rashfords can have a field day on, on a good day, so we've got to be careful and cautious. but Gotta go and have the confidence that we can we can tear them apart. Yeah, I think for me it just kinda of stems from, you know, you go back to the Ferguson years and you'd watch United sort of on match of the day, or you might watch the odd game of theirs, and you'd watch them and think, they're fucking shite out, they just won that three 0 or something like that. And then you get into the game with us, we'd be the better team, we'd batter them all game, and then John O'Shea would pop up with a goal. Never <laughs> scored a goal in his life ever, except against Liverpool. Um it's just that that's the way it used to be. So I can never go into them too confident. Um it's just it's just one of them. But like you said, after last season, the seven nil, I think. <laughs> like you said, which Liverpool's gonna turn up. We we could definitely beat that. Um but then with Anfield, you know, Anana could have the greatest game of his career. Um, he will, hundred percent. So it always happens against us. You could have the worst keeper and you'll have the game of their life. Uh, it's just a fucking thing that happens at Anfield. It's a, it's a nightmare. But 
I think even if he has the game of his life, I think he still concedes three. So hopefully, hopefully we do turn up and we, we just we go, we go and make a statement. As you say, we're at Anfield, that the ground should be right up for it. It should be loud, boisterous. We've got an extra 7,000 heads in there. So it should be bigger and better than ever, really, especially for Man, for Man United. Like So, yeah, we've just got to... I'm looking forward to seeing how we... what team we field and how we set up. And I am just a bit, a bit overconfident, I think. <laughs> it's starting to feel like... Uh, I don't want it to feel like the derby where you just go into it. Not That's asked. where I'm at. Yeah, like you sort you of not asked about nervousness. it. You still have a nervousness about it because it's it just in case. But... You, you realistically you're thinking something drastic has to happen for them to win, yeah. Or we have to completely not turn up, which mm. I know like the last few performances haven't been great from us, and we, we are starting to dip in form a little bit. The football's getting a bit sloppier, um, and I think we said on the last one it, it, it looking like a matter of time before someone catches us out because we are playing bad and picking up points. But you know, as long as we're picking up points, you've got to be happy, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're missing a lot of players. Um, you know, there's, they picked up a couple of injuries more in, in midweek. I think Shaw and Maguire both went off. Um, it's a good they, thing, isn't it? For them. For them, yeah. Um, yeah, so when they went out to Europe early and not playing any more Europe this season um, in midweek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now to be fair, Maguire has been okay for them um, in what's been a sort of chop and change back line. It's kind of similar to us a few years ago, except, you know, we were still good at the time. <laughs> um, but now it is, I think you've had a, a lot of defensive injuries. Um, obviously, no Bruno Fernandez um, purposely getting himself yellow card so we didn't have to play at Anfield again. Um, <laughs> um, I think you, you mentioned Martial and Rashford, but I, I read something somewhere that they're out as well, so... If they're out as well, like then who knows what United team's going to turn up? Might get about five debuts from them. To be fair, um, well, sometimes that can be a bad thing though, because say they they're having a fucking terrible season. The form's terrible. The team's terrible. The manager's shite. Keeps making mad decisions, and um, I think if you've got a few young lads who haven't played often, they come into a big game, big atmosphere like Anfield. They're only going to try the best. Mightn't be good enough, but. Sometimes I don't like playing against fucking teams you have a load of new players out against you. I'd rather have a team that's fucking struggling and let's go and wound them even more, but just got to see what happens. It is exciting. It's not. It's mad not knowing what team we're going to play, what team they're going to play. Um, I haven't got an idea. I mm. don't know where we where we go. Yeah, no, it, it's... I don't know who I prefer. <laughs> no, it's, it's, been, it's been weird, hasn't it, the last few weeks? Because, like you said, we've, we've dropped off, it seems, in terms of the intensity, the act, the overall performance, but we're still grinding out results. But I think the midfield's been lacking quite a bit recently. Um, I think honestly, with the exception of Endo, um, agree, yeah, and the forward line aren't really hitting the mark at the minute. Um, we said it last time. I think we're really missing Jota. Um, I think we're seeing how much he actually brings to the team. But I think, as again, we said it last time. I think Gakpo has got to start. Personally, but he started last night, so I can't see it happening. Yeah, I think with with Jota, he's like the silent assassin. He doesn't do football all game, but you know if the ball goes in the box, he's going to score it. Mm. Or he'll get the ball out wide, and he'll just go past three players all of a sudden. Um, the others aren't quite doing it at the minute. And as we can see, if the ball drops in the box, you're not confident of a score unless it goes to Salah. So all the rest are missing at the minute. So, yeah, can't wait to get him back. How much longer is he out for now? Um, not too sure. Um, I don't think they've. I think they purposely often put a time scale on it because obviously, you look at McAllister. We thought that was just a sort of, a, not an injury, a bit of a contact injury, and it turns out that it's actually more significant than we realised. Um, yeah. like the the studs kind of hit his muscle. From what I've heard, I don't know what, I don't know exactly what's going on with it, but that seems to be much more significant than we thought. So. I, it seems like they're reluctant to put a time frame on it, but I imagine he's. I hope he's going to be back just after Christmas, maybe. But sooner it could be. I don't. I genuinely don't know. But um, you know, that's another miss, McAllister. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a weird one. Um, we said it the other week. We we were missing Jones in the midfield. He's come back and 
um, seems to be seems to be in that place again just before he got that really long run in the team where he's taken a bit too long on the ball um, wanting all the time in the world and not just not getting his head up quick enough um, I know we've done well in fairness when he come on against um, against Palace I think it was he yeah. done well in that game but I think yeah he's it's taken him a little bit of time to get back into the swing of things yeah, I'd agree. I think I think a lot of them are like that at the minute. I think that a lot of them are just looking a bit lethargic and rusty, but say we are gonna miss McAllister. Uh, we need Sobberslay to pull his finger out a bit more now, get a bit more involved. I know he scored through the week, but um he's in in the ninety minutes he's not doing much. He's getting took off most games because he's not having an impact on the game really. So we need to get him to fucking grab the United game by the scruff of the neck and run with it. Show us Exactly, like you know, we're comparing them to Stephen Gerrard and that. This is a Stephen Gerrard kind of game, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to show your quality, you, you show it in these big games. So hopefully, he turns up on Sunday. Um, again, don't know what the forward line's going to be. We've discussed at length that we think most of the, the attackers we've got are impact subs. So I'd like to see fucking Diaz and Nunes on the bench to come on and, and cause issues, but. Then who'd you play? Mm. Bad one. Um, I wouldn't mind see. I don't know whether I wouldn't mind seeing Harvey Elliott get a start. Personally, for for what he's given us, so I don't know whether you could play him on the left and mm. Sauer on the right, and then Gakpo through the middle. I think that would work. But as you say, Gakpo started the other day, so it doesn't look yeah. like he'd be starting. No, I mean I think at the minute, based on the team last night, I think the team kind of almost picks itself. I think you've got obviously the the back five, including Allison, is pretty set there. Obviously, as I just said, Allison sent uh Simakas left back and then probably Van Dyke and Kanate um centre backs and then I think in midfield is I think it's gotta be Endo, Sobersly and probably Jones. Um and then what I'd like the front three to be, I'd like Diaz on the left, Gakpo through the middle, and Salah on the right. But I think it's going to end up being Diaz, Nunes, Salah, to be honest. Yeah, I think I agree. I just, I, I, with Nunes and Diaz at the minute, I think they they could do it at a, a confidence build in 20 minutes where they come on and they change a game as opposed to not being involved as much as they'd like during the 90 minutes. Because again, we're, we're taking lads off every week and I think that can start making you feel a bit shit, to be honest, when you're getting took off every every single week because you're not performing. So, got to just see see who plays. But, yeah, I'd like to see, I think Harvey Elliott deserves a chance in the team, whether that's instead of Jones or with Jones. Uh, Enzo, again, front runner for, for a start. He's deserved it. He's, he's done nothing wrong, really. Hmm. He, he does his job. Um, it's, a, it's a tasty game be a tasty atmosphere so he's a nailed on yellow card in the first five minutes. <laughs> now. Um yeah it's hard it's you know what it's a good it's a good it's a good problem to have. We've got we've got decent depth there. But it's just what team what team you select for a for a Man United game. It's it's hard. What Man United turns up as well we don't quite know. If they're gonna they're gonna have to be bullish and they're gonna have to fight so we might have to counter that by putting the likes of your endos and a Curtis Jones in there will have a little kick out as well. So yeah. I just hope it is a proper United fixer. I hope it's a fucking team of fellas who want to kick fuck out of each other and win the game. I hope it's a you know, as much as I'd love to batter them, eight nil. I love it when it's it's a, a good game of football and it's close and it's feisty and it's a proper big game. Yeah. And I've had that feel about it for ages. It's been like we just brushed them aside and off we pop, but I hope it's got that fucking you want a, a naughty tackle in the first couple of minutes, get the crowd on the feet. Hmm. Downfield rotten. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I, it's going to be, it's got to be, surely. Um, like with the extra 7,000 in there as well, obviously the test events went went really well. Um, Klopp having a bit of a joke uh, at Chelsea's expense there, um, <laughs> which was hilarious, I thought. To be honest, when I don't even like... And then obviously, I don't know if you've seen the stuff about um, Burnley as well. Like, or Burnley fans saying, oh, how can he, he's calling Burnley a shit all. It's like, he's not. He's, he hasn't, he doesn't spend his like spare time before the game walking around Burnley. He hasn't got a clue what Burnley looks like outside the ground. Um, 
he was just saying it's a fucking tough place to go at Christmas, which it is because it, it's just we've never had a we've never been that great at turf more. Like it's one of them hostile little grounds that no big clubs like going to. I haven't heard what he said about Burnley to be honest, but he just basically yeah. said we've got um we've got like the game against Arsenal and then we've got we've got Burnley away just before Christmas. That's just what you want, Burnley away at Christmas. Like <laughs> But it's like he's just saying it's a fucking hard place to go. It's not. It's not that deep. No, do you know what? Some fans are just weapons, aren't they? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Burnley is a tough place to go, and they are. I think we've got fucking about a hundred bogey teams, but they're one of them. Fucking eight playing Burnley. Yeah. I remember being at a wedding and I was like, part looking. I was looking at the stats on my phone. It was like shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. I think we got beat two 0 <laughs> you know, like they had one shot or two shots and scored. Yeah. Like fuck's sake, only only Liverpool. But... Only Liverpool, yeah. No, um, but like I say, the the test event's gone well, so extra seven thousand is going to be huge. Um, they've just got to, like you say, they've got to get behind the lads and make it a hostile atmosphere. You see all these pundits talking about the Anfield atmosphere and how it was the hardest place to go, and you know teams are prepared for a week just for the atmosphere and and that to prepare themselves for it. You know, Michael Arteta did play fucking. You'll never walk alone to get the players used to it and shit like that. It's like. We've got to bring that on Sunday. Yeah, we have. It's got to be hostile. It's got to be, you know, you've got to expect this is the best Manchester United has ever been and you've got to fucking play, go at them. You've got to, um, you've got to be right up for the game. Every fan going in that ground has got to be right up for it and got to be out the seat and fucking making the noise and letting Man United know we're there. Simple yeah. as that. And I say that that always tends to go with an, an early goal or an early shot or an early tackle. You know, you could, sometimes it's good to get that fucking naughty tackle in the first few minutes. Player gets warned, crowd on the feet, and then you set the um, tempo for the game. Then, yeah, with with their lineup, obviously we don't know what it's going to be because they've got that many injuries. But I think it's likely going to be um, Wambasaka right back. Would you think? Personally, I don't think Diaz is the best player to be playing if it's going to be Wambasaka there, just because Wambasaka. Not the best player in the world, obviously, but defensively, one-on-one, he's very, very good. And I just think the way Diaz holds the ball up and waits for the defender to commit and, and stuff like that, I think it's the wrong defender to be doing that way. I think that's why, for me, I'd like Diaz to start, uh, sorry, Nunes to start there, because he won't care who's in front of him. He'll just try and fucking knock it past and, and run past him, and I think he will cause him more problems than Diaz will. Yeah, I really agree. I think see, I want to see Nunes out on the left anyway. I think we've pretty much established that he's not a box striker. He's not very good in the box <laughs> for a striker. Um, but he, he is chaos. So I think if you put it on the left and you target some balls over the top, balls out wide, just just keep it and then balls up and over. It, it's going to cause them to make mistakes. They're they're panicking anyway. As soon as you step foot on the fucking pitch, so. Yeah, Nunes on the left would be ideal. I think I'd love I'd love a bit of a shock. I'd love to see Gomez start right back and Trempy in the middle. Yeah. I'm, 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 like, I'd be all excited like a little kid at Christmas if that happens, just because it's something new. But yeah, like can you imagine Endo with with Trent and Sobersly. Nunes on the left, Salah on the right, and then Gakpo through the middle, drawing the defenders out for the, the two wide lads to get in behind. You'd have Sobersly going up, you'd have Trent going up. You'd have the structure where Gomez and Simicast don't go up as, as much as your Robo and your Trent fullback. So you just have it, a system ready to fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jürgen. You just yeah. fucking you just buzzed yourself up for the game there just by <laughs> mentioning Joe Gomez. We would have thought it. Um... Well, when he played well the other day, again, um, come on, change the game against Palace. Hmm. And he he done the right back role brilliantly. You know, we, we see him as a right back whose main part of him is, is defending and that's what we sometimes need in a game like that but he came on and he was going up going past players good balls into the box and he was active so yeah I think if, you, if you're going to use Trent in that role use him like, don't use him a bit don't let him go in there at times just have him in there go for it yeah commit to it just, just go for him. it but again I don't know whether you know we've seen us do it late on in that game and that, that's the difference, like, whether we want to set up that way for 90 minutes, I don't know, but against Palace, eventually, that, that's what happened. Mm. He went into the field and it effectively changed the fucking game. So, mm. start, starting there, because he's, he's a, 
I've said it before, lad. He's as good as, if not better, in that middle than De Bruyne. And it, it might sound stupid, but is I've never I don't think I've ever seen a player except like Gerard pass a ball like him. First time volleys 40, 50 yards up the pitch to feet lad. He's fucking insane. His ability is ridiculous. So fucking let's utilize it. And again, if you're gonna play that system where you've got Gakpo drawing defenders out into midfield and then a fucking play into Trent, who can get the ball over the top to the other two. It'll just cause chaos. I think that's how you. If it's a game of chess, that's how you you end it early and you kill them. Yeah, I mean, you talk about centre passing, lad, and I think it's. You say you've not seen anyone other than sort of Gerard. I think I'd go. I think I'd say it's more Alonso, and I think he's in the Alonso bracket of passing. I always remember with like Alonso years ago, and he played the pass through to. I think it was. I don't know if it was Gerard, and he's been facing the opposite way, and yeah, and yeah. It, I think it was against Fulham or something, lad. But he's been facing the wrong way and he's played them clean through. And it's like, what? What? It's just, but that's Trent is capable of that. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable, lad. And what surprises me most about him when he goes into that midfield is how well he actually carries the ball. Um, yeah. You don't expect him to do it because you're used to him sort of being a right back and getting, passing it quite early. But he picks it up and he can t- and he can take on players like quite easily. So, yeah, look, throw, throw a spanner in the works, fucking experiment pro if you're going to do it go for it um because gomez is very 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 capable at right back i think he's now a right back for us to be honest rather than a center back um because he's never he's never let us down at right back in fairness um and i know we've said it in the past with gomez he his speed gets him out of a lot of situations but i think a lot of them situations as we've said before don't happen because of him Making a mistake first of all, necessarily, it's, or he is making a mistake, but it's because he's trying to cover for Trent. Yeah. Um, so, like we've said, playing right centre half hmm. and fucking right midfield because it's it just we just get exposed. But that's that's not Trent's fault. That's the system. The system is yeah. get the best player on the ball, no matter what it takes. So hmm. let's put him in a system where it doesn't fucking harm us defensively, and it gets him on the ball a lot more often. Yeah. But that against Palace, Trent went in the middle, and with our Avi Elliot, Jones, um, they were doing what you want your Sobislavski McAllisters to be doing. They were getting the ball, and they were going forward. They were trying to make shit happen, and it wasn't forced. They were timely passes. Do you know what I mean? We were looking to where the ball needs to be and where to play the ball in. When we were playing the first half. Drifting the ball over the top to absolutely no one. There was no mm. thought in, in the passing. We were just trying to, to force it and then we make them changes and we got calmer. Time's running out, we're getting calmer and looking better. And mm. that's what we need. We need to start that game calm, but assured that we can go on and fucking get three points. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned sort of the right midfield role there. I think we used to get away with that a lot and we didn't really realise it because of Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like... If Jordan Anderson was starting, but he wasn't on that right side of the field, you knew that's where they were going to attack. He was so willing to, to drop into right back when Trent was going forward, and you didn't really notice it as much, I don't think. So, um, I think that was his sort of primary role towards the end of his Liverpool career with with playing that role. I think he was absolutely fucking brilliant at it. Um, went unnoticed a lot of the time as well. I think, but we need somebody to fill that role in sometimes. With his injuries as well, you, you did notice when he wasn't playing. You know, he, he wasn't the most fantastic footballer, didn't have the best technical ability, but he'd done that job. Awesome. Mm. What he, done, he, he just offered that support to the team and he allowed, by being a bit of the donkey during the dirty work, he allowed other players to excel and, and shine. And that's where he didn't get enough credit because you, you noticed him when he wasn't there. You know, and... I think even now, if he was still here, still playing for us, I think he I think he plays the way that the way the team is now. I think he plays in the in the sixth role, and he he does it all right with the mm. support, best legs around him, where he has isn't having to do all the running and all the legwork. So that's effectively what happens. Mm. <laughs> he's gone off into the ground, and is like if you, if you think of his last twelve months, he's gone from nearly leading us to a quadruple to a proper. Downfall, a terrible season. Fabinho was the same. The pair of their legs just dropped off instantly. There was no warning. 
they were just gone all of a sudden. And I think we've done that to them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame we didn't get to see what they would be like with, with a lot of fresh legs around them because obviously we knew we were losing three midfielders anyway, at least. Yeah. Um, so we were bringing midfielders in regardless. But yeah, it would have been nice to see what they would have been like with fresh legs around them. But I think certainly the way they started the season anyway, we we have we didn't miss we haven't missed a single one of them. I think now we're starting to see now that we are picking up a few injuries again. Um, we are, I think we are starting to see where maybe I think probably Fabinho more than Henderson would have still been good to have around and have in there as an extra man. Um, because I think you know some games we could have done with maybe sort of two in the six maybe. Um, like yeah. at, at City or something like that, and you know you play Endo and Fabinho or something like that. Um, but look, I mean. He's just gone out of the Club World Cup to the Egyptian fucking Champions League winners, so um, he's not having a great time of it. <laughs> no, I'll be honest, I think if I was going to keep one of the two, it would have been Henderson, because I think he still had a lot more to offer. I think Fabinho physically just fucking gave up with the game. He just couldn't look like he couldn't be asked. He couldn't move, couldn't run, couldn't tackle, couldn't pass, just was shite, and he's the same in that league. I've seen clips of him just fucking letting players walk past him. It's like walking football at times. It's a shocking level, and he's struggling at it. So I think he's just um, he's just folded. For all one, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange, lad. So again, you don't know. They have personal lives as well. Where like I know he lost his dad, and sometimes you just fucking you, you can't be asked. Doesn't matter how much money you're on. It's just fucking hard, fella. You might mm. be motivated to go out and play footy. You might have lost the love of the game. Or he might have just aged rapidly and his real age has come through and he's fucking <laughs> ass. But yeah. he, the drop off on him was mad. But no, it would have just been nice to think. Don't want to talk about the ex players too much, but um, it would have been nice to have like the name like a Fabinho or a Henderson or a Milner on the benches or in the squad when we did have knocks because they'd have been ideal people to come in, but it's not to be. And we just need the, the new lads again. I think we forget. Sabaslai McAllister ends off. They've been here a couple of months. Mm. And now it's not even Christmas yet. Season starts in August. We've only had them four months. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're still bedding in. They're still learning each other's skills and attributes. And as we say, it's it's easy to play football, but it's nice to fucking know what each player is going to do. If I give the ball to him, he wants it this way, he wants it there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think they're learning all that with each other. I know they train every day and that, but. You know, four months in, we're doing remarkable. We're, we we shouldn't be in a we shouldn't be in a title race. We shouldn't be in a, in the conversation. We should have been between fourth and sixth, trying to to sneak into the top four based on the performance last season, um, and the, the fact of the shake up of the team, and we are where we are through pure graft, yeah. and pure talent. So we're fucking we're lucky in a sense, but. You know, we've got to give them a bit of leeway as well that sometimes they are going to have a bit of an off game. They're brand new, playing a new system and a new team and they will have little drop-offs. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you've just sort of took, you've just sort of answered what I was about to ask you is, do you think we're exceeding expectations at the minute? But I, I agree with you. I think I think we are. I think if you would have said at the start of the season or if you go back to that Chelsea game and we, we come back to this all the time because we fucking went massively over the top with that one and how bad it was. Um but it's good to come back to to see how far we actually how good we actually have done. But if you'd have said to me after that game, right, you'll be fifteen games into the season, whatever we are, and you'll be top of the league and you'd only would have lost one game because of a fucking dodgy VAR decision, I would have bit your hand off for it. Because yeah, I would no. I wouldn't have believed you in a million years. No, I agree. Don't get me wrong, when the season starts and you see the players were signing and you get a bit of bit of hope, but then you see what Arsenal are signing, what Newcastle are signing, what United are signing, um, City, and you think, fucking hell, it's going to be hard. Chelsea, you're right, you're putting, putting names on paper and thinking, fuck, on paper, is our squad as good as any of theirs? Mm. You know what I mean? When you're looking at it and you're looking at ages and that, and you, you start thinking, yourself, it is going to be fucking very difficult, but we have achieved, achieved expectations early. I thought eventually we were going to get back to where we were, I didn't think it'd be so soon, but I did say to you that evening I spent when Jurgen Klopp was in my presence. I he had he had a vibe about him. He had a buzz about him. We'd made the signings. We had, I think we had the likes of Sobersly, 
McAllister, I think they were all in. Um, don't think we both end up at that point. But he was just saying, listen, just you know, we were shit last season. Just believe in us. Just, just believe. And he was smirking his fucking head off. And I had to still keep looking up there because he's there. But yeah, you just gotta. But whatever he says, you believe it because he's got that aura about him. So I did. I went into the season thinking we'd be a lot better than last season. But even now, if we don't quite, he can't be. Can't be getting overexcited without being miserable. You can't be getting overexcited because. They could be little slip-ups and hiccups here and there because they're a fucking brand-new team and we, we are doing brilliantly to be where we are, um, especially with the fixtures we've had. We've played fucking most of the, the top teams away. Mm. So, you know, we've got everyone to come to Anfield and we, hopefully we only get better as the season goes on. But if we weren't to get over the line and we were to finish top four comfortably, you've still got to take your hats off to the lads. You know, I said before the season, if we can win the Europa League, or or the FA Cup, and and finishing the top four comfortably, then sound season. And I stand by that now. If we have a little drop off in form, we lose a few points, and we don't we don't stay at the top. You've still got to fucking clap the lads because our target this season wasn't to win the league; it was to to get back in the Champions League and try and win a cup. So I'll accept that. But I am confident that we're going to get better. Yeah. I think we, and I think the teams around us like. The likes of your cities and that they always have a little blip and give you false hope. Them comes every year. They have a little two or three game window where you go, these are fucking mere mortals, <laughs> so to say. But um, I, I don't. I think this is the. I think this year they could be either a fucking shock with the likes of Villa. Yeah, or that'd be something. Or Liverpool, but I, I don't think it's clear cut. I think. Everyone's in with a shout, and it's it's fucking great to be in the conversation. Yeah, well, I mean that's it. You look at it now, and it's a it's what a four four horse race. I think uh, at the very least, um, you know, Villa, the you know the pundits are still saying, "Ah, ah, Villa title contenders, fucking absolutely, yeah." Of course, yeah. They're right I... in the mix. Like, yeah, the look. I think everybody knows that they're probably not going to go all the way and, and they're not, probably not going to last the season where they are. But right now, they're absolutely title contenders and anyone saying they're not is, is a fool. Um, but it's it's just, it's one, it's a proper, it feels like a sort of a Barclays season in, in a way, like when you're not, you know, you, you're at this stage of the season and you're looking at the league and going, I haven't got a fucking clue who's going to win it. And it used to be like that years ago. You'd had us, you'd had Chelsea under me, you know, you'd had, Ferguson with United, you had Arsenal sort of starting to drop off a bit with Wenger, but they were still obviously in the mix when it was the big four. And it's got that feel of it again where anything can happen. Um, and we've just got to sort of ride that wave and, and keep the momentum going. Like we've said, you know, the performances haven't been fantastic lately, but we're winning. We've, we're keeping that momentum up. We're, we be, we've got self belief, which is, is fucking more important than how you play in a game if you think if you just go into a game all the time thinking right we're, we're going to score more goals than them that's all we need to do I don't care how many they score we're winning this game and you don't let that belief drop then that they're going to do it and you've seen that against Fulham um, yeah Fulham and Palace yeah yeah definitely I mean yeah to be fair Palace I forgot about that one but I mean you know, the, I think the way the Fulham one happened I think was a bit more of, I think they needed that belief more in that game because, like, obviously, we scored, equalised, and then another equaliser, and then they take the lead. And I think it's when they take the lead and that and coming back twice, you think to yourself, this is just fucking... This is happening again. Um, it reminded yeah, me... One of them games. Yeah, it reminded... You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of a few years ago, just after Klopp first arrived. Palace come to Anfield, I think it was second to last game of the season. And I think we took the lead and then they went on, went on to win 3-1 or something. Um, and it was another one of them games where you're just thinking, how the fucking hell that just happened? Yeah. And I think Fulham would have been like that. They played very well, Fulham, don't get me wrong. But I'd, it wasn't a 4-3 game, the way the game played out. Um, and as we said before, it needed the worldies. But like I said, they've, they've got belief in themselves. Um, I like the way you described it as Jürgen being in your presence and not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, there's rumours now that um, we're going to be offering them a new deal again. Um, oh, I say, I say, I say rumours. I say rumours. The only thing I've seen 
saying it is that fucking indie, indie Kayla, whatever. Um, I I don't know how. I don't believe him most of the time. In, in all honesty, even if he's right. Um, but look, no. we all want him to I, stay. I think I said to you. I think I said to you on one of the podcasts recently. There's not a chance he walks away from that team when you fucking average midfield age is like 22 now. Your team, you've got fucking 24, 25. There's, there's two or three players in the 30s there. He's got a team of young lads that can go for years. And I think he's going to want to see it through. I think he'd, he'd kick himself if him and Pep left at the same time. They get sanctioned and we could walk away with fucking all sorts. You know what I mean? Hmm. We, could, we could start leading the league as we should have done. Like, without City, we've won three league titles on the clock. Effectively, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, possibly more. On you know, just got to... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying if they get sanctioned and they give us the league, we'll fucking go partying and that. But he must know in his head we, we realistically should have won three league titles if, if the rules were fucking adhered to. He's not going to... He's not going to walk away from a team that can can go on to do that now, fairly. Um, I just can't see it. I can't see him handing the reins over to anyone. That's his team. He wants to see it succeed. I can't see it. I just can't see him walking away. No, his wife wants to leave the city. You know, he said when he leaves, he wants to go back to Germany. I don't think he will. I think she'll want to stay here forever. Like fucking Uli's family did and Rafa's family did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kenny. Everyone who comes here stays here. So hopefully we can get him over the line, lads, and that'll be bigger than any for any sign and any trophy to have that man back staying at the helm another fucking five or six years would just be magic. Yeah. I mean I've said it before, I think I, I, I do think he stays as well. I think the only I think the only I say the only job he'd leave for, but I don't even think if it come up he'd leave for it. I think he I don't think he goes into another club after us. Um, I think the only other job he, he takes after Liverpool is the national team is is Germany, um, just just to round his career off in that way. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think the way he's built the he's re, he has rebuilt the team. It might have only been four signings, but it's a complete rebuild the way that midfield looks now. Um, the way he's integrating the the younger lads, you know, Quanza this season, um, Harvey Elliott's obviously a, a massive part of the team now. Curtis Jones is the same. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Bendo, who's looking to be a fixture moving forward. Some of the other lads, KD Gordon played last night um, after, I think it was his first time in about a year and a half that he's played. Um, Bacetic is still going to come back. It's like, yeah, for now. He's, he's integrating these players so well. And it's, you know, we talk about new lads like Injustice Arnes, but all these young lads in the academy coming into the first team, they're new lads as well. They've got to integrate. You know, it's all well and good playing under 21s football and, and reserve football and playing the same system that Jürgen Klopp plays, but you're not playing <laughs> playing the system that Klopp plays is not the same as playing for Klopp's system, in, if yeah. you get what I mean. Um, so it's just, yeah, I can't see it happening, but I can't with Bicetic. Hopefully, isn't far away. Um, I don't know if you've seen the picture of them all with Mo with the 200 shirt, but McAllister Bacet- <laughs> uh, but my- um, is now the same height as Gomez, so he's fucking had a big growth spurt. <laughs> um, but apparently that's what's been keeping him out is like, and the same with Gordon is is like um, injuries coming through like growing essentially. Um, and that it's just been causing them havoc essentially because I think Gordon's like grew a good fucking few inches as well. Um which is I want to be on I can do it. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so it's it's mad lad, but I, I'm not I'm just looking forward to Sunday now. Um I'm I'm not I'm purposely not getting like too overly optimistic with it just because again it it's united anything can happen. I, I think it's got to that point now where it is a bit like the derby and the fact that we used to say at least anyway form goes out the window. Um, yeah, and United's one of them now. And again, I think that's that's what I love about Klopp as well is that he gets up for the big games like a fan as well. He'll be agitated on the touchline and fucking animated, should I say? He'll be fucking active. So you know, it's a big game, and it's always a big game against Man United, as you say. It's like it does get that Everton feel about it, where you do just think we, we we've got to turn up and we win. If we turn up, we win the game, but we can't go, we can't be. 
turning up like that. We we could do it fucking like extra motivation and, and turning up raring to go and trying to make a statement. You know what I mean? Because that last few performances haven't been great. So we could do a turn in that corner now where we scrape and wins and start blowing teams away. And there's no better team to start against the Man United. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I thought I, I was going to message you about this, but I thought I'd, I'd fucking hit you with it out the blue. Yeah. Um, nice. So it's not bad, don't worry. Um, just to finish off, um, didn't get any questions in this week. So I thought a little bit of fun at the end of it. I want to know what your top five goals are against Man United. Oh, doesn't have to be necessarily the best goals, just your favourites. My favourites. I, I, I can't put them in order. Yeah, that's fine. Right. <sighs> Danny Murphy. Which the one? Last, the last minute of Old Stafford, the dink over Barthez. Yeah. Um, who played that ball over? Gerard, I think. Was it Ger- Ger- little dink over the top and then he dinked the keeper? Um, Danny I just Murphy, again. <laughs> Danny Murphy could have his own fucking collection with this one. I know the free kick. Yeah. Um. Oh. Engog, I think is up there. <laughs> yeah. David Engog. Um. The Torres Vidic one. Yeah. I always loved that. Then you've got John Amarisa, haven't you? So you've got Risa. Um. Do you know? Fucking out. There's too many, lad. <laughs> oh, do you know what one I, I always think going? Josh Senna. <laughs> the one that chopped it off. Yeah, yeah. The and little fucking lob over. Against Madrid, the same type of goal, didn't he, the week after? Just turned into the greatest footballer on the planet for a week. For a um, week, yeah. And then oh, yeah. disappeared. Then, I'll say Danny Murphy's chip. The John Arnadisa free kick. Wait, hang on. The one where he's nearly broke the leg, uh, broke the net, or where he broke Alan Smith's leg. Both, but the goal, <laughs> the the goal, um, the free kick, Murphy, Risha, Torres, oh, Gerard's penalty where he kisses the camera as well. <laughs> Fucking hell, David Engog, when he sealed it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to message you about it because you'd still be writing it down now. I have oh, to do it. Like I'd have had to research it. <laughs> uh, who else did I say? You said Murphy's two. No, I'm taking Murphy's free kick out. So you've got Murphy, the little dink. You've got Torres against Vidic. Or I, I think you've still got that anyway. Yeah, Torres, you've Vidic. got Dosena. Dosena, Engog, and, Engog Ger- and Gerard. Gerard. <laughs> Yeah. No. So you've got a couple of men in there. Me and first one was Murphy's dink myself, um, oh, and I always remember the commentary on it. And it was, I say, it was Gerard, and he sort of passes it around Neville, and the commentator just says sort of along the lines of the past told Murphy how to finish that, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was just folded in the air, and I can see the goal. How he's dinked him from back close to the goal as well. Oh, it was mad. I'd say Murphy could have his own little collection of goals against United on his own, like. But, um, yeah, he was a he was a little clutch player against United, wasn't he? Um, he, was just, he was a big game player. He was a bit like Lewis Garcia, um, mm. not fucking not involved in a lot of the game. But you know, when he'd done the basics, all right. But when you needed someone to fucking pop up with something special, he'd done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I told me I had to think in man. Um. The reset for the kick, obviously that's got to be in there. It's just the iconic. Goal or the break, <laughs> the goal. It's just it's iconic, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's one of the few times Martin Tyler actually fucking sounded like he was unbiased against Liverpool, <laughs> um, which was a miracle in and of itself. Um, what I'm going to go for is Ryan Babbles winner. Um, the season we come second. That one's less about the goal, to be honest, and more about the whole just situation we were in Butland. At the time, if you remember me, you and Gaz, and uh, was, that, was that when um, Wes Brown scored the Wes own goal? Brown's own goal, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, Vieira scored. No, don't. Vieira? Nah, 
because it was only 2 1. Um, he might have crossed it or something for it to go in, but no, he scored a belter as well against them from Rainer, whacked it straight up the pitch and he hit it on the volley. That was against Villa, that was it? Yeah, my head's gone. Come on. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was the situation like there was, there was, we were watching that in in whatever wherever we were in Butlands, and like all the other Liverpool fans just congregated around our table because we didn't oh, show like up the, the whole game. Cup, yeah, it was unbelievable. So that's more in there more for the that whole situation. But that season, it just it felt like it was going to be it, and that sort of topped it off at the time. You know what I mean? It was it was just boss. Um, and then it it gets tougher. So like Engog, again, is in there for me less for the goal. More just for Rainer, um, like the f- <laughs> full length of the pitch, yeah, first one to him, um, and then me last one, um, like I said, there's there's so many, like he I- just brought back the Salah one to me now, where he took the top off and the first one there, yeah, um, now you know I'm gonna throw a more recent one in, and I think I'm gonna. This is purely just for I thought the goal was fantastic more than anything. It was a uh, Gakpo's last season in the 7 0. Um, the pass inside from Robertson just it didn't look like there was a pass there to be played, and then Dwayne just took it inside and curled it and thought it was just a fantastic goal. So that was just, yeah, it was brilliant. But so many. I could have asked you for the list at 25, and we could we could fill it like it does. It's just one of them games, isn't it? Yeah, like, there's a lot. I'm sure the air scored against them, you know. <laughs> he might have done, but I don't know if it was for us. But I, I say that goal you're talking about, I'm fairly sure it was against Villa, um, because we beat them like six 0 I think it was, um. So yeah, just yeah, you might be right, lad. <laughs> um, no, I'm lying. Just need that verification that I'm right. I think you're right. Um. No. Oh, we did. <laughs> no. <laughs> he scored one and trained him once. <laughs> there you go. That'll do. That'll um, do, man. You know what I'm going to throw in there as an honourable mention as well, by the way? Uh, Fabio Aurelio's free kick in that 4-1. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, Van der Sar at the time was fucking <laughs> unbelievable and he's just rooted them to the spot. Um <laughs> Moved, did he? No, he was he was a, he was a boss player, and like he was another one of them who was just so unfortunate with injuries. Um, I always remember his goal against Chelsea as well, the free kick. Where it's called I called that. I called that. <laughs> I swear that my dad always says it to me. I said to me dad, if I was taking that free kick, I'd shoot from the the goalkeeper's way too far to the other post. He was on the other post. Yeah, yeah. I said, Got to shoot, and the wall's shite, and he did, and we scored. Good in. Ah. Uh. No, lots of great memories of playing oh, United. Hope to God we turn up on Sunday and we've got a few more to talk about. But again, even the little ones that you, you that one with Luis Suarez, where he's done all the hard work and Dirk Kite tapped it in the snake. Yeah. Going in that. Dirk Kite with a fucking three yard hatchet. Oh my God, yeah. And just oh, love it. The crowd singing happy birthday to Kenny. <laughs> fucking yeah. great. No, there's, there's been loads and like. Even in games where we've lost, there's been some fucking like standout moments for us. Like the Benteke overhead is like yeah. one shining light in the liver. Why is that not in any like comparison with the likes of the, the United one the other day and Rooney and that? I don't really think it's because we Rooney's lost. come off as fucking shin. I know. Do you know what I mean? It's great to be able to do it, but that was luck. It's it's a shin. There's no technique in it. It doesn't hit his foot. It hits his fucking leg. Yeah. So he's not in my even class, and that was a good goal shite. No, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. It it always gets overlooked, and I, I think I don't. I don't know if they just don't include it because we lost in the other games, like the team that scored the overhead one or something like that. But the, who gives a shit? The criteria is, is the goal good, and it was a fucking belter. Yeah. Um, oh, do you know what? There's been there's been some fucking. Bo- I all, remember you mentioning John O'Shea before. Remember being in the cop years ago, and me dad was in the western with our Peter and me granddad, and I was in the cop, and he brought John O'Shea on with about fucking twelve minutes to go. And I went, I think it was nil-nil. And I went, oh, that sound that he's fucking shite. And he scored off a corner. He scored the winner. Yeah. And it, fuck, I just remember just being stood there like, I can't, why would, why would you even jinx it? Why would you say that? <laughs> Walk back to Western. 
another little shandy in my mouth in 15 or something. That, but that's why I can't get confident, overly confident at least anyway, with a United game because, you know, that happening is, is the equivalent to like fucking Diogo Dallo popping up on Sunday. Um, that's what and, I mean though. I say we, we're seeking to be like other teams' cup finals and like I, I think he knows they if they take a batter and he's gone, hmm. he's, he's gone. There's, he can't, there's no saving face for him. He's spent millions upon millions the team's getting worse, not better. He's relying on lads that he put in the fucking transfer window. You know what I mean? He's relying yeah. on lads he told had no part to play and he's having to play them every week because the other lads aren't good enough. So he's gone, I think. And it'd be great for it to be us who does it because they, they go into absolute meltdown. Yeah, we're just the king of fucking getting managers sacked, aren't we? Um, yeah. But yeah, we've got to, I think we've got to turn up with that, like, as a fan, I know Klopp won't turn up wanting us to turn a fucking a colleague, so to say, like lose his job. But that's that's what the fans will be wanting. To go in there, fucking maul them and see him. Hmm. Go. You know what? I've, to be fair, I mean the ones you see on Twitter and stuff like that. Let me. A lot of them are saying like, to you got to keep him because, and I think they're half right. It's. They're doing what Chelsea used to do. The, as soon as the manager goes through a little bit of adversity in the job, they, they get rid and then you've got to start rebuilding all over again. It's like, that's why they're going to keep being where they are. They're never going to win any of any significance while they continue in this in this way. And I think, the problem, got, I think the problem they've got, lad, as well, I think there's, there's too many bosses above the manager. Hmm. I don't think they, they're signing all the players, the managers. I think they're getting given players who are hot in the market at the moment. You know what I mean? He might sell a few shirts and I think you can see based on the teams he selected, I don't think he wants all the players he's got. Hmm. Um, you know, it is a, t- it's a fucking hard situation to be in when you're not technically the manager. You've got someone above you pulling other strings and getting players involved that you don't really want in that. It's a fucking to manager's nightmare. That. But if that's how the club's running, he can't deal with it, then the only thing he can do is chop and change. And they're going to have to. They'll end up with Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah, they'll end up with fucking Steve Bruce or Graham Potter. I mean, they've got Steve McLadden on the staff, haven't they? So they can just promote him. They'll be sad. Um, like little... That's it, lad. All, the, all he needs to do is throw his Dutch accent on, and no one will notice that ten hour even gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, be nice. it'd be nice if it was us who got him the sack, and you know we can fucking wind them up a little bit. Um, but again, I don't want to be overconfident. But I think if we we've just got to turn up, we've got we've got to turn up, we've got to be hungry, and we've got to want to hurt them. Yeah. And I think I think if we do that, we win the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll wrap it up there for this one. Um, always good to chat about Liverpool, especially when they're playing a big game. Um, well, it's a big game for United anyway. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about. The result, no matter what. Um, hopefully it's a positive episode. Why did you say no matter what then? Like there's risk we're gonna lose, don't like it. Um, because I've got to. It's impartiality on a not impartial podcast. I don't know why I just said that. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna leave it there. We'll be back next week after the Reds have smashed United. Is that better? Um, but until then, up the Reds. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>